don't be afraid of the audits. It's okay. Do your best with them. Don't don't dig your feet in and say, uh, and I'm dealing with this now because I'm officially government work, right? Like we don't want the government bugging us and use me as a resource, right? Like use me as a resource. And that's the same for this, this, the auditing positions that I've hold. Use us as a resource. How can we get better? What do we need to do better? Because if, especially if you've changed um, systems and you are contracted with somebody else, they're going to do things a little bit different because that's how they're making their money and that's how they're building their business differently from all the other organizations. So do your best with them. Try to be a little bit familiar about the process and understand the greater picture that it's not just somebody coming in and trying to make your day really terrible. It's not. We just want to get our observations. We want to help better the industry itself so that the product that is coming out your door and loaded onto the truck when you finish that wean to finish turn is going to be sold and there's going to be a market for it at the end of the day. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here, you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Swine It Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like Ivonic. We are sciencing the global food challenge. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts, MS Gold the best hygiene products in livestock farming. Swine management to the next level. Cloudfarms.com. This episode's sponsored highlight is about Evonik Animal Nutrition. Evonik stands for a holistic and sustainable value proposition for livestock production. It combines products and services and leverages digital solutions. This is all backed with high-value consultancy and deep customer understanding. Evonik turns science-based efficient nutrition sustainable healthy nutrition and precision livestock farming into value for customers and consumers hello everyone i'm laura greiner your host for today's swine it podcast and with me today i have emily erickson who is with the nobles county uh, environmental service team in minnesota how are you today emily good laura how are you doing today i'm doing very well Emily, some of our audience may not be familiar with you. Uh, so maybe before we start talking about what we want to talk about today, I'll have you talk a little bit about yourself first. Yeah, not a problem. So my name is Emily Erickson. And like you said, I'm with Nobles County, um, with the county itself, the government work body. And I just took this job here a couple months ago. And um, my role right now is to make sure that within the county lines that all the feedlots within the county are registered uh, with the county, but then also if they need to be registered with the state, we take care of that as well. So uh, my background, however, I spent, uh, what was it, 14 years in the pig industry. And so I, I worked at New Fashion Pork for 13 of those years. I got very involved with animal welfare while I was there communications work, um, just a little bit of everything there. But the the meat and potatoes of it all was just animal welfare and all of those good things that come with that. And then I did a short stint up at Wakefield Pork this last year, more in the human resources world and, and sustainability and a little bit in welfare and all of that. So kind of meshing all of that together a little bit. So 
I don't feel like I've traveled too far away from the pork industry, having jumped into all the feedlot work. Um, I still see a lot of producers in that are building hog barns and are working with those. So um, that's super fun and exciting. So, Absolutely. And, and that's certainly how I think you and I have met over the time is just your role at, at New Fashion and some of the things you were doing with auditing and animal welfare. And so I think today that's probably where we'd like to talk is really around that that process. And um, I think most of our producers today are familiar with what a welfare audit is. They've heard of it. And we know there's different types, right? There's internal and external. And so maybe let's talk through just again in generalities, what is an animal welfare audit specifically? We've heard the word, but what does that mean to you when you hear the words, we need to go do a welfare audit on a farm? That's a wonderful question because I think it can cover kind of a wide range of subjects if you really want it to. I think in generality, when somebody says, well, we need to go do a welfare audit, we we probably subconsciously link it to a packer audit that we need to get done. Maybe our system does an internal audit um, or maybe it's a worse, depending on the system that you're in and the language and terms that you use, um, it might be a worst case scenario where maybe there was some animal abuse or neglect on a farm and you need to go do more of like an investigation and and follow up on that scenario and process too. So, but I think overall, um, when we talk about welfare audits, I think it helps to give a little bit of perspective on what happened in the industry and and what has led us to this place in time where we're doing audits and whether we call them packer audits or welfare audits. And I, I studied animal science in college. I didn't study, I don't have any degree in animal welfare. Didn't do any, I mean, when I was in college, I hate dating myself like this already because I don't feel that old, but there was no animal welfare courses. There wasn't. It was animal production or animal um, uh, animal science for a business venture. And but in the time where I entered in the time frame that I entered the industry, we were starting to see a lot of um, videos come out. The, the animal abuse videos, PETA and Mercy for Animals were, it seemed like every other week we were defending our industry and, and coming up with or having to defend what we were doing in the farm. And because of these bad apples that were getting recorded on video. And so the evolution of that process has turned into now we have these audits or these audit tools our consumers see the videos and then they want to know is that what happens in every farm or what what's really going on how do how do farmers actually take care of pigs and so for me a welfare audit it's not about you know coming into the farm and saying you're doing x y and z wrong but it's really about okay let's let's talk about all the things that you are doing while on the farm and what's going, um, what you're doing right, what's being consistent, what what good things are we seeing on the farm? And and the takeaway from that then is where, can, where do we have room for improvement at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. One of the things I always think of is the word audit itself um, can really upset people because an auditor, their job is to go out and find something that's wrong, right? That is their job. And so for a producer, it already has a negative connotation, right? Somebody's coming out to purposely find something wrong. 
where maybe it really should be welfare observations, right? We're going to come out, we're going to obviously talk about what might be wrong, but also let's talk about what's working well. Um, so I do think that word itself probably. We should have, we should have flipped that, that terminology 15 years ago, because I was definitely not a lot of people's favorite person coming right. on their farms. <laughs> right. It, it makes people nervous. The word audit yeah, it just does. naturally makes does. people nervous. And so I do agree with that. I think there is, you know, just that kind of that feeling when, when people hear it, that somebody's coming in to tell them that they've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, but let's kind of go back a minute. You talked about three different types of audits. And I really want to talk just for a moment on the packer audits. What does that look like if a packer calls you and says, hey, we need you to do an audit check, you know, for before you can sell pigs back to us? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a wonderful, that's a really good place to start. And it kind of, um, going off of what I said earlier, this this packer audit was the was the the full evolution of those animal welfare videos. So when as those videos go went on, if you remember, we oftentimes had a panel of animal welfare um, experts that would sit and review the video and say, reassure people, hey, some of these things are are standard practice in our industry. It's not these are the options that we have to handle these animals. But yeah, there's also some things that really aren't excusable at all. This was bad and that's not okay. And from that, we really had to, we played defense, right? As an industry, we had to play defense on that and say, what can we do now to repair our image? But also, more importantly, how do we show people that this was a bad apple? And that's not what's happening in the majority of our farms across the U.S. And so um, through that, we sat down, um, the industry representatives sat down and we we put our heads together and said, what can we do? And that was really where the Cummins Swine Industry Audit started. Um, we put the National Pork Board put together a task force of industry members and they just kind of mediated the process, but allowed all of the producers, the packers, allied representatives, everybody in the room to sit down and discuss what do we want this to look like for our industry? What's most important for us to measure when we're and observe when we're on the farms? And but with that spin of how can we show people that we're actually doing the right thing on the farm the majority of the time? And so, as you know, with those videos, if somebody's on those videos and it would, the, the, the packing plant that that farm was associated with would face backlash and say, how can you still accept animals from this site with that sort of abuse happening or that sort of a neglect happening? And so this all kind of started working together then, right, where we've got the packers trying to figure out what to do. We've got producers and packers sitting at a table and, and developing this common swine industry audit. But this full packer audit piece is just the packing plants working directly with their supply chain and saying, look, we know that there's things that happen out in farms that we don't approve of, and we don't expect you to approve of it either. But we want to be able to show you that the majority of our farms, if not all of them, our producers are doing the right thing. And so what they did then was they either took and developed one of their own audits, or they took this common swine industry audit 
And they started telling the, their uh, producers, hey, we're going to come out. And if if you're an organization or a system, we're going to audit a certain percentage of your farms every year. Or we're going to audit a sow farm and a grow finish site nursery site every year. It was some, some number that made sense to them and what they promised their supply chain that they would do. So that's really what that packer audit is. It's just the packer coming in and saying, hey, every year we need to be able, this is the promise that we made to our supply chain. We're going to show them this is where our numbers are. We're improving. We're staying the same. You know, whatever that might, whatever that that story might be told through those audits. But this is, this is what, this is where we're at today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's important. So for our producers, right, that's a third party audit. That's somebody outside of your system that needs to come in and do these observations. And it's, whether it's a common industry audit or maybe validus, people may have heard that name before. Um, That's something that they might need to be prepared for. But sometimes we get the question of, well, who is that auditor? Do they know pig production? You know, how, how do these people get selected? to then come to my farm. And I don't know if you can maybe help the producers maybe understand that. Sure can. Um, so I it definitely was one of my main concerns. Um, I I had the extreme privilege of being able to sit on the Cummins Swine Industry Audit Task Force. That was such, and that was at a point in my career where I was so young in the industry and there was so much that I had to learn yet. And I I can't even explain to you the amount of knowledge that was at that table and experience that was at that table to be able to be a part of that and really feel confident about the final product that we had in that that um, common swine industry audit. One of the main things that we always talked about was, okay, if this is a third-party auditor doing this, who are they? Just like you said, who are they? How do we know that they know anything about pigs and swine production and what we're doing on the farm? And that was when the that was when um, through the task force we said, okay, let's get this audit accredited um, through the professional animal auditing um, Paco. Sorry, I'm not remembering the whole word. Colette's gonna kill me. Um, <laughs> blanking here. Sorry, guys. But we we got the, the audit accredited. And that at the same time allowed us to work directly with Paco. And their board was able to put together their swine welfare auditor training or swine auditor training. And so we worked, we worked the last, well, seven, eight, nine years. I can't even remember how long the, that audit has been out. But we've worked directly with Paco to train all of those animal auditors all of those swine welfare auditors. And that is, it behooves the packing plant to pick an, a third-party auditing firm that has an accredited auditor with that. And so um, Paco holds annual trainings. I think usually once or twice a year, they'll hold a swine welfare training. I've actually helped teach the last two years of classes. And it's um, a couple days worth of pretty intense training. Some people have background in animal, in swine. Some have background in poultry or beef, and they're coming to these classes. They're part of an auditing team with the firm that they're working for or within their organization. Uh, I was able to, I I got my um, PACO certification when I worked at New Fashion Pork. I've kept that up. Um, And it's just a way to level up your auditing capacity. So you can 
you anybody can be handed an audit and go into a bard and interpret what they think that that audit means. Paco allows you to level that up by saying, okay, we're going to teach you the basic skills of auditing and that high level of auditing so that we can now give you any audit tool and audit standard. You can read through that and we know and feel comfortable that your level of professionalism and execution of that audit tool through that audit standard is going to be very high level in comparison to the others, it, to anybody else that was doing it that wouldn't have that certification. Okay. Now that's very interesting. So how about, um, should we just wait till we get a phone call from our packers to do audits? <laughs> or is there something else we should be doing in the meantime? You can. <laughs> Certainly you could. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's, in it's, it's a unique system. You know, there's, there's still several farmers and or producers out there that raise pigs that aren't part of any large system or um, anything like that. And so that can make it very challenging for them to say, OK, yeah, I'm going to have somebody audit our farms every month or every quarter or twice a year or whatever that looks like. I would say the majority of, of swine production organizations, systems have an auditing department or a welfare department at this point in time. Uh, I would fully recommend preparing for it prior to anybody coming out so that there's no surprises. And the beautiful part about these audits is that um, they're, they're based off of our industry practices. And so if you are doing what you're supposed to on a daily basis, you're taking care of your pigs, they have food, you know, good food, clean uh, water, excellent air to breathe, all of those things, they're going to be fine. You know, you're going to do well on those audits. You So just prepare, be ready for it. Take a look through it before the auditor comes well in advance. So if there's anything that might surprise you, um, you know, one, for example, uh, one area that we, his, in past lives that I, I had, I struggled with was You'd forget to check the the red panels before the auditor came, and and those red panels get worn when you start using them for a ton of loads and and as they age. And so, if those bottoms get worn out, the auditor is going to look at those bottoms, and they may ding you for that. So it's really important to know what are they. Just take a look at that audit before they come to your farm, so they know you know exactly what they're going to be looking for. You have an idea; it gives you time beforehand take a couple walkthroughs on your farm and and know what's going on. So did the producers get the audit checklist before someone comes out? Or is there a way that a producer could find an example of an audit so that they could go out and periodically do this on their own throughout the year? Absolutely. So the National Pork Board has a ton of, of items available for you to use. If you don't have the capacity to write your own standard operating procedures for your farm or uh, don't have the time or maybe not the skill set even to draft up and write up your own audit, that's fine. They have put together all of these tools. They're available on the Pork Checkoff's webpage. Um, Specifically search the Pork Checkoff there. Um, But they'd have have an example of the, or they'll have the common swine industry audit up there. So you can just print that off and take that for yourself and use that on your farm. 
if if you're part of a system that if you're part of a system that gets audited by a packing plan, you likely have an internal auditor too. Know what that audit looks like. Every system has a little bit of a different audit. They have different things that they want to focus on or prepare for or have their um, producers focus on in the barn. And that's great. Um, but get a hold of that. Ask your service manager or your software manager to walk you through that so you know exactly what those items on that checklist would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Um, one of the things that I think sometimes our farm um, staff struggle with is is the difference. So when I say difference, we have site assessments through PQA every three years. So those come around, we have these site assessments and there's welfare pieces in that. And then we might have someone, if it's a system, come in from the company and do an internal audit. And then you've got the common industry audit. And so maybe explain a little bit how those might all be different. Yeah. Yeah, they're all different. <laughs> it's just a tough one to kind of explain and differentiate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, now the site assessment is the common swine industry audit okay. just mirrored. And okay. so if you are looking on the pork, uh, on National Pork Board's website, they'll have that up there and you can use that site assessment. The only difference is, is that the site assessment isn't graded, right? It is just to, to say that we have been site assessed where our system, our farm is registered and and we at least have this data to show you that, okay, if we aren't internally audited by any source for, you know, annually or anything like that, we can back up and say, hey, I've, I've been site assessed though and I have this. So that said though, like I said earlier, everybody's internal audit might be a little bit different. And so the hope is that that person on staff if you are new, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've just contracted newly with a system, they'll have somebody come in and walk you through that. That was something that I always tried to do with any of our new growers was to line up a time that I could just go out to the farm and be like, okay, now that you've been here for a week or two, whatever time frame that looked like, let me show you this audit because I'm going to be here every every four months. So, um, or excuse me, every three months I was going to be there. Let me show you what I'm going to what I'm looking at while I'm there. And then we can talk through and and it's like I said everything is different. I had some some production related aspects on that audit that I used versus more welfare pieces that like the common swine industry audit or the site assessment would use. So there was some subjective measurements taking place in that too, so I would spend time just walking through them. This is what I'm looking for. This is how it marries up to our standard operating procedure. And this is what our expectation of that would be. So hopefully there's somebody there that can walk you through that. If if you don't have somebody in a system, if you're a part of a system and you don't have somebody there, there's also a list of um, PQA Plus advisors on the Pork Board's track, um, website. And you can call them up if you have somebody local um, shout out to all the Nobles County pork producers. I'm still a PQA plus advisor. So you can you can have a PQA plus advisor. You can call them up and line up. Some of them will come out and work with you and actually do a site assessment with you so you have a better understanding of what that would look like. So there's that resource there too. Um, a lot of vet clinics have somebody that's PQA plus certified on there too as an advisor and they can help with those assessments or make that part of their um, consultation with you too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very good. So um, 
one of the other things I I think I'm kind of curious about too is how often would you recommend a farmer doing an internal audit? You mentioned three months just a minute ago for contract grower, but I mean, what's what you kind of talked a little bit earlier about it, but just kind of firm up maybe your thoughts on how often we should be going out and doing this within our own barns. Uh, that I like that question a lot, and I probably um, have an answer that's not everybody's favorite. But <laughs> the more you do it, the better you, the better off your farm will be. We, uh, you know, when I audited, we did our grow finish sites every three every three months, every quarter. Uh, we did the all farms too. I realized that that might not be possible for everybody. Minimally, I think everybody should be audited at least once a year. And the reason that I feel so strongly about that is because, like we were talking earlier, Laura, off screen, we farmers and producers have so much that they have to know, so much that they have to know about their farming business, their barn that they're managing, assets, all of those things. There is not a chance that, and and I don't blame them, I wouldn't be able to internalize and, and memorize all of that information on an audit. And so the more frequently you can get in front of your grower or your employee or whomever it is that's taking care of the pigs in the barn, the better off you will be. The more consistently you can repeat your message to them and how important these audits are to your system or to the general wellness of the entire pork industry, the better off you'll be. Yeah, and I think that's a a great comment as well. One of the other things that I'm kind of curious about is how do we get the producers actively engaged? Because I think that sometimes we feel like this is just one more thing we have to do. Um, And it's not that the farmers don't care about their animals. They do. But it's the paperwork that we're talking about. So how do we help get them more engaged or even our smaller farmers? You mentioned um, having their PQA advisor come out and do site assessments. Are there any other potential resources that they could use? to try to make this process a little bit easier to help help them with that engagement? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question because they're not going to come to you, right? And so if you're part of a system, you have to get out in front of your producers and you have to make contact with them and talk about this consistently. Like I just said, I was not everybody's favorite when I was an auditor, but I could sit there, I could sit and spend 15 to 20 minutes and visit with them. And every time I did that, I worked on building my relationship with those producers. And that, whether you are an auditor or you are, uh, whether you're an auditor, a service manager, a software manager, whatever role you have in this industry, the more you can build those relationships with the people that you work with, the better the entire process will be. Uh You're right. Welfare, animal welfare, reading about it, documenting everything on the farm is nobody's favorite. Mm-hmm. The reason we ask for records is because while the auditor is there for one day out of the year, that person wants to be able to see if what they see today is happening every day that they're not there. So that's what the documentation does. And it, I get it. It's frustrating, but it's not hard to get into a habit of doing it. Mm-hmm. But digging your heels in, just start doing it, and it will eventually give yourself two, three weeks, and it will become a habit, just like any any other thing that you have to start in life. Just give it a couple weeks, and it will be a habit. So, but I also strongly encourage systems to make sure 
that they're getting out in front and making this, whether they're talking about um, ASF, sustainability, audits, feed, whatever it may be, get in front of your people as often as you can. Hold an annual meeting, hold a biannual meeting and talk about some of these things. Even if every time you meet, you talk about some of these things, the more the better so that your producers understand what your expectation is of them when you visit their site. Yeah. Now that's so true, right? It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's all about that communication piece. And and the more we communicate, the more we're present, the, the easier it is for that engagement. And it makes this event, the auditing, a less stressful event. And that's it's something that I'm I'm learning, right? That terminology, and that's why I said the word observation. The observation seems a little less scary if somebody's coming on your farm. And that's really what you want this to be. You want this to be an open, friendly opportunity to go out, talk about the positive, work on the negative, and you know, overall assure our consumers that they're getting the product that they expect to receive. Um, so I that's, think that's the, the the struggle with with. Um, how do I put this? With where our industry is at, the way that our industry has segmented itself today, right? Prior to real commercial production, everybody was a part of a local pork producers association. Everybody got their information from that. And so when we went more commercial and farmers started buying out other farmers or we started building commercial hog barns and we started that whole process, we became the middleman as as system owners or individuals that work in systems, we became the owners of that information. And so it is very important for us to make sure that we're passing along whatever we're learning about ASF and feed ingredients and audit observations and all of those things. It's so incredibly important for us to get that information out there because that producer is very much 100% saying they'll take care of it. Well, they're, you as a system are not going to be taking care of your, their pigs every day. So we need to get in front of them. We need to build that relationship with them. That time that you spend on the farm, the more frequently you can do that, the more personal that you can make that time with that person, the sooner you'll start seeing those results on your farm. Absolutely. That's that's a great point, Emily. Um, our time actually is about up. I've enjoyed visiting with you about audit. So as we kind of wrap up our whole conversation, uh, maybe I'll have you just give your um, couple of key takeaway points or take home messages you'd like our audience to think about when it comes to welfare audits. Ooh, key takeaways. I would say don't be afraid of them. They're really not that bad. Stop. I mean, come on, guys. I did it for 14 years. It's not that bad. We we are we're doing our best. And and it is so rewarding. It has been so rewarding in my career to be able to go and be a part of the, like I kind of say, said earlier, this entire evolution of this piece of the industry and see it from start to finish. And um, maybe not finish. That'll be years on out, but just see how it changes constantly. And so um, you know, don't be afraid of the audits. It's okay. Do your best with them. It, don't don't dig your feet in and say, 
uh, and I'm dealing with this now because I'm officially government work, right? Like we don't want the government bugging us and use me as a resource, right? Like use me as a resource. And that's the same for this, this, the auditing positions that I've hold. Use us as a resource. How can we get better? What do we need to do better? Because if, especially if you've changed um, systems and you are contracted with somebody else, they're going to do things a little bit different because that's how they're making their money and that's how they're building their business differently from all the other organizations. So do your best with them. Try to be a little bit familiar about the process and understand the greater picture that it's not just somebody coming in and trying to make your day really terrible. It's not. We just want to get our observations. We want to help better the industry itself so that the product that is coming out your door and loaded onto the truck when you finish that wean to finish turn is going to be sold and there's going to be a market for it at the end of the day. Absolutely. Very good points, Emily. It's time for our famous three. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like Eastman Animal Nutrition. Visit EASTMAN.com. Adiseo is a worldwide leader in animal nutrition, providing nutritional solutions and services which fuel predictable profits. Genesis, the first power in genetics. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. To feed the world's growing population, the animal production industry needs to grow in a sustainable manner. Eastman produces one of the broadest organic acid portfolios in the global market and offers customer-driven swine solutions. Learn more by visiting Animal Nutrition at EASTMAN.com. Well, as we kind of wrap up, some of the things we like to do with our guest speakers is ask you a few questions that uh, everybody gets asked. So the first one I will ask you is, did you have, while you were still doing your auditing and so forth, did you have a favorite spine resource that, that you would recommend to the audience? My favorite resource, I have literally thought about this all day and I came into this podcast not knowing what I was going to answer, but I thought of this while we were doing this a little bit ago. My greatest resource in all of this has always been the producers that I met over the years. And the reason I say that, and actually, first and foremost, I have to think of my dad. Um, I leaned on my dad so much when I first came into the industry and, and he had raised pigs for 30 years and it would have been such a shame if I had not taken time every time I was out auditing and working with growers that had raised pigs for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years, however many it would be. It would have been such a shame for me not to take some time and see the industry and ask them questions to see the industry through their eyes. Everybody has a story. Everybody has something that they can teach you if you're just willing to listen. And I learned so much from all of those farmers over the years. That's a great resource. I have not had that one before. So that I do agree. All that experience, it's a wonderful resource to have. But how about something not related to pigs? Are there any books or anything that you've been uh, reading up on that you'd like to recommend to the audience? Yeah, I've got, I've been excited for this one, this answer I do right away. Um, I have spent a lot of time the last two years um, really working on my parenting with my kids and working on myself too a lot. And the recommendation that I have would be Dr. Becky Kennedy's Good Inside. She is phenomenal. 
Um, she's done a couple podcast, or she has her own podcast too. But her book is a guide to becoming the parent that you want to be, and so she teaches you so much about like parenting yourself first before you try to parent your kids. So, like, if you have things with your kids that trigger you, trying to identify why does that trigger me and working on healing that instead of taking it out on your kids every day. And the reason I recommend that for an entire industry that isn't about parenting, but it's about working with pigs instead, we always talk in our industry how it's not the pigs that are hard, it's the people that are hard, right? The pigs are easy, the people are hard. So if you want to read something outside of your norm and try a different leadership approach, start with yourself. Dr. Becky Kennedy, good inside. Very good recommendation. I like I like that philosophy too, Emily. That's really good. Well, the last question I like to ask uh, really comes back to if you can think about someone in your life that you view as successful and you don't have to give us a name, um, what trait about them do you think has allowed them to be successful? Um, I'm, I'm good sharing. Uh, and maybe it'll give me points in being the favorite daughter. I have three sisters. So, but I got, I, I do have to say for sure my parents, especially my dad, uh, he has taught us girls to lead with kindness, which kindness doesn't always win. You can get burned by it pretty easy, but at times, if you're not smart with it, but at the end of the day, you will know in your heart that you did the right thing, that you treated a person well, despite how they treated you, and you can close the book on that, knowing that you did what you should have done or could have done and did it well. So be kind. Do your best. Um, I'd have to intertwine grit with that, too. Dad start, Mom and Dad started their farm in the 80s. Um and went through all of that. So um, he, they taught us a lot about kindness and grit over the years. <laughs> Very good. Those are really good traits for sure. And I can think of a lot of people that I consider successful. And that is one, right? They're always checking in with you and random emails and just, hey, how are you doing kind of thing. So for sure, kindness goes a long ways in the world. Absolutely. Well, Emily, I want to thank you for your time. It's been so much fun visiting with you and certainly sharing your knowledge about industry audits and and hopefully helping producers feel a little bit more comfortable with the process and certainly knowing where they can go for some good resources around the National Pork Board and and so forth. So, well, again, for our audience, I want to uh, let you know that this is Emily Erickson, who is with the Nobles County uh, Environmental Services team. Emily, thank you again so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. Thank you so much, Dr. Greiner. It's been wonderful. Imagine if with a few key concepts, you could have the potential to create a massive positive impact for swine producers. Join this small group and go to the next level of nutrition on this online training in applied swine nutrition and feeding by Dr. Marcio Gonsalves and his world-class invited swine nutritionists. Additionally, you will enjoy an exclusive community to network and exchange ideas. Go now to EliteSwineNutritionist.com.